Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 118 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thanks for joining me. If you are just joining this podcast, I am a family physician, an obesity medicine physician, and a coach for physicians who struggle with stress and binge eating. I help physicians go from feeling out of control around food and so frustrated by the amount of effort they're putting into trying to figure out their eating or their weight to finding freedom and ease around food using tools that actually last. So this isn't about willpower. It's not about just hanging in there for dear life. It's not about beating yourself up ever. It's about finding tools that are compassionate, that fit into your busy physician life, and that work and last for you where you're not constantly exerting effort to manage how you eat and what you're going to eat next. Today's topic is you are not broken. Think of this as a letter from me to you. If you are sitting thinking that there is something wrong with you, wrong with your body, wrong with your mind about how you eat, what your body does, all those different things, I want to tell you that you are not broken. And we're going to go into detail in that in this episode. And if that's you, you need to hear this. Along those lines, and what I think would be really helpful in addition to this episode, is my powerful weight loss beliefs. So if this topic resonates with you where you secretly feel there's something wrong with you and that you may be a little bit defective in some way, the powerful weight loss beliefs is the complete opposite of that. It's the help that you need to start shifting your brain in a different direction. You can download it for free. Head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash weight dash loss dash beliefs. I'll say that again, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash weight dash loss dash beliefs. You can also find it if you just go over to my main homepage, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. On the front page at the very top, you can download it from clicking that link as well. I think it's a really good complement to what I'm talking about today. So I encourage you to head over there and pick up that free worksheet. And you'll also get some emails with some additional support and resources in them with building more powerful weight loss beliefs for yourself. Okay, so I was going to start with a story and I'm kind of laughing at myself because it's yet another cross-country ski analogy, but it's kind of what prompted me to do this podcast episode. So if you listened to last week's episode, I talked about the challenge that I'm doing where there's a weekly cross-country ski loop we have to do and how hard the loop from that week was, in particular because I was getting over a cold and how I struggled up those hills. And it took a lot out of me to keep going and keep focused and do the whole loop. Anyways, 
So then later on that week, I ran into one of the nurses in our hospital and we were chatting about, she's very fit and runs and stuff. We were just chatting about stuff. And I asked her if she was doing this ski challenge and she said to me, that she wasn't doing it, but that she really liked doing the routes because they made nice warm-ups for her before she started to ski. <laughs> and my brain, not just my brain, I said this out loud, was like, please tell me you're not talking about this week's route, that you haven't done that yet. You're not calling what I struggled so hard on a warm-up. And guess what she was? And so, of course, then immediately my brain goes into well, obviously I'm doing something wrong and obviously I'm the worst cross-country skier in the world and everybody else is finding all of these easy and here I am struggling and sweating and even recording podcasts about <laughs> roots that other people are finding super easy. And like, just watch how quickly my brain went into the comparison and took her experience on something and made it mean something about me. And it's so interesting because, of course, she and I have had totally different experiences in cross-country ski. I don't know how long she's been cross-country skiing. Uh, We have very different body types. There's so many things that are different, but my brain immediately wanted to compare what she was doing and her opinion about something and make it mean something about me. And that's what this podcast episode is about because we do this all day long. And particularly if you're working on trying to lose weight or if you're working on managing your stress or your binge eating, you are probably doing this constantly and you are doing it to your detriment. It is not helping you. It will not get you to your goals. It will not make you feel better. And that's why I wanted to record this podcast episode for you. Okay, so I have worked with a lot of physicians over the past years, and I know that you are highly likely to be carrying some version of thinking that something might be wrong with you, that as a physician who struggles with their weight or struggles with their eating, that maybe something just isn't quite right, that there's some sort of defect that you haven't figured out yet. And what I want to tell you is that, A, this is super common. So if you're a physician that's feeling this way, you are not alone. But generally, we don't talk about it, right? Like we hold that inside because if we talked about it, other people might see that defect. They might see the thing that's horribly wrong with us. And so it just doesn't feel safe to talk about it. So we hold it on or sorry, hold it in and keep thinking there's something wrong. But then it holds us in this loop. And so, again, opening up to how we're thinking about it and really looking at this can be very powerful work to do. Now, thinking something is wrong with you, that something is defective in you, is essentially comparison. It's looking at some form of external ideal, and that can change from day to day. (laughs) Your brain can decide day to day what it thinks today's ideal might be. But it's looking at this external ideal and thinking that you must be broken because you're not at that ideal. So anytime your brain is thinking that maybe there's something wrong with you, that maybe you're not doing something right, really it's just a form of comparison. And I think this is really important to label it for what it is. Because if we're owning this and thinking it's us and we're holding on to it thinking there's something wrong with me, When really, what if that wasn't actually true at all? It's not that 
there's something wrong with you. It's that you're comparing yourself to some external ideal that you don't have yet. Now, here's the tricky thing that our brains do is that external ideal will constantly be moving. We're going to talk more about this, about how our brains behave, but it's not that you just have to get to that external ideal and then your brain will think that you're fantastic. Not at all. These thought patterns are so deeply ingrained that you could get to that line in the sand that you're focused on right now and feel that you're not getting to. You could get there. But if you don't do this work that I'm talking about today, your brain will show you a different line in the sand and tell you, well, you're not measuring up because you're not here. And it will constantly move. I see this a lot with physicians because we are high achievers, because we are very focused on external validation. It's what got us through medical school. It's what gets us through residency. It's trained into us. But it can be hard to let that go. And so then that line in the sand constantly moves. And the question is, when do you decide that you're actually fine the way you are and that whatever you're doing and whatever path you're taking, however long it's taking, is fine, that that's your path and that's okay? There's nothing outside of you that can tell you that. That work has to come from inside. And I say this very, very truthfully, and this is another really important piece to take away from this podcast, is if you don't do this internal thought work, a million people can tell you that you're doing fantastic. A million people can tell you that you're amazing them with what you're doing. If you haven't done this thought work, your brain will discount all of that. It will hear what they say and say, well, they just don't know. If they only knew what I was really like on the inside or what I really ate in my days or what the scale was really doing, then they wouldn't say that. It's interesting from a personal standpoint. I find like people keep commenting on my weight. I lost my weight years ago now. And people, particularly patients, keep commenting how I'm losing so much weight. And my weight is fluctuating as is normal. It, you know, kind of comes up and comes down. But so on the days, if I feel it's up and people say, you look so good and you've lost so much weight and you must be still losing weight or things like that, they say to me, my brain immediately discounts them, right? And it says, well, if only they knew that I was up two pounds or whatever this week. And so it's interesting because it still shows up and you have to just watch how your brain does this. Watch how your brain offers these thoughts so quickly. It's like the snap of a finger. Your brain will come back with something. But that gives you evidence that you have to do that work from the inside or the external validation on the outside will never, ever matter. It'll never give you the permission to assume that you're actually perfectly fine the way you are unless you do the work on the inside. And that's what we're doing today. So this comparison thing really is like evolutionary based, right? We're evolved to function in groups of humans, and that makes it so that our brain is very aware of what other people do. And that's a survival thing. If we were blissfully unaware of what people were doing and what people were saying and things like that, it would be a detriment to our survival. We would be off in the wood not noticing that everybody else moved on or picking up a few berries when everybody else hunted and have a bigger amount of food and just be blissfully unaware of that. 
but that could be a detriment to our survival. So it makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint that we're highly attuned to what other people are doing around us. The problem is, is in today's society, what we get exposed to are very polished versions of other people's lives. So social media is the classic, right? Very few people post what's truly going on for them. They post the things that are going good. Even things like podcasts, like in general, I talk about what things have worked for me. The guests that come on this podcast talk about things that have worked for them. That never means that everything is going perfectly. And I think that's really important if you listen to this podcast. And I I try to be fairly open and vulnerable. But this work is very powerful work. It's so much easier than when I was in the depths of struggle of not knowing how to manage the food cravings and manage these food behaviors that I had developed. However, it does take constant, I don't want to call it work, constant awareness, I think is a better term. And there are times where I do this stuff really, really well. I feel fantastic. I feel like food has no control over me. There are other times in my life where stress creeps in. My self-care habits fall a bit to the wayside and old food behaviors come back in a bit. I think the difference is I catch it far better than what I did before. I also believe in my ability to just get back to my normal way of eating far more than what I ever did. But just know if you're listening to this and your brain wants to compare yourself to what I talk about and and use it kind of against you, that this is a process for everybody. A lot of these topics that I come up with, like this one, like I said, came to me after I noticed what my brain did in the discussion about the cross-country skiing. A lot of these topics, I present them to you because they're areas that I'm working on or I have done work on. And I recognize that it's an area that will probably be helpful for you. So the polished versions or your brain's interpretation of polished versions. So again, this is so tricky on how our brains behave because our brains look for evidence of what we believe. So if we believe everybody is having a smoother path than we are, our brains will interpret things to give us evidence that that's true, that they are having an easier time than we are. Even if there's evidence out there that maybe that's not true, our brains will still interpret it that way. So really watching yourself on what evidence your brain is giving you about the people around you and maybe questioning it on, is this actually true or is this just a bias that my brain has because it's trying to prove this thought true. And so it's showing me all the evidence that it can, that my thought that there's something wrong with me and that other people don't struggle with this is true. And the other piece too, so we look for evidence to prove our own thoughts true, but our brains also just tend to have a negative bias, that they look at things and interpret things in more of a negative light. And particularly towards ourselves, they generally have a negative bias if we're not managing them. And so we look at these polished versions of things around us and we view it as something we're not measuring up to. And then we look at what we've done with a negative light. So it's like we look at things outside of us with a more positive light. And then we look at things inside of us with a more negative light. And that adds up to this feeling that there must be something wrong with you or that you're defective or broken in some way. But it's all just to do with biases in our brains. 
bias in what people present to the public, and then also bias within our brains. So let's talk about where this might show up for you. How can you recognize this thought pattern when it's happening? And then we'll talk about what to do about it. So the first would be in weight loss. This is the classic, and I think most of us could recognize that this shows up for us. And so if you decide, I'm going to lose weight, you set a goal, and then your brain starts seeing, it seems like everybody else doing it so easily and doing it so quickly. And our brains think, well, this isn't happening fast enough for me. Why is this working better for other people? There must be something wrong with my body. Maybe my metabolism is off. Maybe I'm not doing this well enough. Maybe I'm not being restrictive enough. All these different thoughts that come in, which are all versions of this type of thinking that there's something, other people have it easier and there must be something wrong with you. But these are all just thoughts. And again, they're based on, especially for weight loss, you get exposed to a lot of success stories. Like if I use low-carb eating, for example, you know, there's a lot of people's success stories of low-carb eating where they're losing huge amounts of weight super quickly. And it's so easy if you're working on it and the weight's not falling off super quickly to assume that there's something wrong, that it should fall off super quickly. But what if that was the thought error? What if, yes, for some people it falls off super quickly, but not everybody, I'd say not most. What if what was the way it should be is however your body's doing it? What if your body was doing it perfectly, correctly, right now. Just let yourself sit in that thought for a little bit because the reality is it is. Your body is handling weight loss, if that's something you're working on, to the best of its ability in the way that it will handle it. Now, we all have different bodies. We all have different approaches to eating. Even within people that eat low carb, everybody has a slightly different approach to how that looks in their lives. Our bodies can have huge differences in how they burn fuel, what the metabolism rate is, how much they burn if you are exercising, hunger hormone levels, how much you eat before you feel satisfied from a a satiety hormone standpoint. All of these things vary from person to person. And that's okay because we as humans are individuals, meaning we are not cookie cutter. And yet when it comes to weight loss, We kind of think we should be cookie cutter and we should be cookie cutter on the side of everything, like just doing exactly what we want. But if I had to pick number one thought pattern that gets in people's way of truly losing weight, this would be it, is we think it's not going fast enough, therefore it's not worth doing. And so if this is you, just recognize that you have these thoughts, recognize that it's coming from comparison from outside and recognize that your weight loss is proceeding at the speed that it should for you, for your particular body, for the way that you're choosing to eat. And that's all okay. There is no perfect rate. There is no that it has to be off. Even if you set a goal and then you don't meet it, it just means you just didn't meet that time frame. And all you have to do is change that time frame for that goal. It doesn't mean you'll never meet the goal. But when we make it mean so much and we put so much weight on this, sorry for the pun, that then we throw ourselves off course because we are making it mean it's not fast enough. Therefore, 
it's not working, therefore I shouldn't do it, or therefore it doesn't matter if I eat this or this or this. The second place that this shows up is eating patterns. So kind of that's more for the people who struggle with binge eating or stress eating or food addiction. The thoughts that everybody else has it easier around food than you do, those would be kind of comparison thoughts that then lead to the feeling that there's something wrong with you. So thoughts like, why am I the only one who still struggles with that? Why can that person follow that eating plan so easily and I'm struggling with it? Um, Feeling like there's nobody else that eats the way that you do. And this particularly for binge eating because the hallmark of binge eating, remember, is that shame. And so feeling like nobody else would eat like that or have binges, it's very isolating and it holds you in the binge eating behavior by being isolated and by assuming you could never talk about it because nobody would ever understand. And that's partly why I have my Stress Eating SOS program as a group program, because I think letting go of that isolation around stress eating and binge eating is so important. Because left alone, our brains will tell you it is only you that deals with it. And therefore, no, you can't talk about it Nobody else will understand. And what that then makes your brain do is it looks to evidence of everybody else having an easy time around food. So it looks outside and it says, well, look, like they just ate a salad. How do they just eat a salad? And that person never eats junk food. I never see them struggle with junk food. And what it's seeing is snapshots of their life with a biased lens that then makes you infer things about yourself from those snapshots of their life. And again, they're snapshots. You don't know what that person does in private. You don't know what they do at home. You don't know if they may also struggle with binge eating or significant stress eating. There are lots of people who have binge eating disorder and are of a normal weight. You may not, it doesn't always go with obesity or overweight. And so you can't pick people out from a crowd that struggle with binge eating. And yet our brains will try to and try to tell it, if that's you, will try to tell you that it's just you and that that other person has no difficulties and that they live a life of freedom around food. And that simply might not be true, but it's that comparison that's trying to tell you something and reflect back negatively about yourself. Another kind of thought around this is I should be able to do better. Again, it's a shaming type thought and it's a thought comparing yourself to others that maybe you're not doing this well enough. And all of these thoughts that I'm talking about, I want you to look at how they make you feel and how they will ultimately hold you in the patterns that you're in. So if you're thinking, I should be able to do better, well, that thought sure as heck does not make you want to do better. (laughs) It makes you feel defeated. And when you're feeling defeated, it's really hard to do better. Um, The third place, and I think this is a really important one, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or if you are in one of my programs and you're getting extra help and learning more about all this thought work, thought work is a place where we do this. It's very common when you first start learning thought work to hold it against yourself. So we learn these tools and we learn how modifying how we think can feel so much better and can make things feel so much easier. And then when our brain still behaves as a normal brain, we feel we're doing it wrong. And that because we have this powerful tool, everything should be easy. That all these struggles should just disappear. But that's not true. 
So when you have these powerful thought work tools, they can be life-changing. But as a human, there is no life where there is no struggle. That's really important because I think we often think that at some point we'll reach this nirvana where we don't struggle, where nothing feels hard anymore, where everything is sorted out. That simply doesn't exist. No matter what goals you reach, there's always going to be another one to get to. There's another place where you want to do work. There's the natural state of being a human being is that some things are really good and some things aren't. You have positive emotions, you have negative emotions. Even when you can manage your thoughts, you will still have negative emotions. You will still have reactions to things that you kind of wish you had reacted differently to. They may not show up as often. They may not be as severe. You may feel more in control and can kind of get back to where you want to be when it does happen. But those things still happen because you're human. And the intention of the thought work is never to erase all those things out of your life, to just be happy all the time, because it's simply not realistic as a human being. You can be at your goal weight at the exact size that you want to be, and things are still going to upset you. Things are still going to make you doubt yourself. Things are still going to make you feel like maybe you're not measuring up quite enough. And so doing the thought work is fantastic, but really watch when your brain wants to use it against you. Watch when it's telling you things like, why are those other people getting faster results? Again, notice it's really similar to the thoughts around the weight loss, right? Why am I doing all this work and it doesn't seem to actually be getting better yet? Things like that. Why have I done all this work and yet look, I'm back in this old behavior? That would be another thought uh, where you're using the thought work against yourself and using comparison. I also want to note often when we do these comparison things, we never look to where we were. And I mean that in a positive light, like looking back and going like, yes, like I stumbled here. Yes, right now things I'm not perfect. (laughs) I'm being human right now, but like, look at how far I've come over the years. When we're doing this comparison and feeling like we're broken, we don't look that way. And that's to do with that negative bias of our brains. Okay, so let's talk about what happens with this comparison when you're thinking there's something wrong with you and you're looking outside of you to kind of essentially prove it true. Basically, it takes a focus from within yourself to outside of yourself. The problem is, is things that are outside of yourself are generally out of your control. So you're comparing yourself and trying to meet to some ideal outside of you that you don't have control over. And that's a challenge because, like I said, that can be a, a constantly moving line. And it's far better to base measures of success on something internal that you do have control over. If it's external, it essentially takes some of your power away because your brain is looking outside of you for the solutions. Also, comparison makes you feel bad. And when we think to the thought model and think how we think creates our feelings, our feelings then drive our actions and our actions are what give us our results. If you're thinking thoughts like I'm not good enough or I'm broken or defective, that feels bad. It gives you negative emotion. You're creating more negative emotion, which then when you look at what actions come out of that, usually those aren't the actions that you want in your life. They usually keep you stuck 
in cycles that might not be helpful for you. Like if you're feeling something's broken about the way you approach food, chances are the actions that are going to come out of that is you're probably going to overeat more or eat the food you didn't plan more because it's this belief that it's out of your control, that there's something wrong with you and you're generating a negative emotion that it's easy for your brain to want to solve with food. Okay, let's talk about how to manage this. And I want to say these steps of how to manage this may sound kind of oversimplified, but the steps are really this simple. It's just that these are often deeply ingrained thought patterns that do take time to just practice and keep trying and keep catching and keep redirecting. And with time, it gets better. But again, never expect yourself to be perfect. It gets better with time, but you will always be human. So sometimes you'll feel like you've done a ton of work on this and then things are going to sneak under your radar and all of a sudden your brain's comparing you about something else. And then you just apply these tools again, okay? So number one is, the first step is you have to recognize that you're not broken. You have to recognize that you are human. You have a human body and you have a human brain. All of those things are going to behave together differently than anybody else in the world. You and your journey on whatever you're working on is not going to match up to anybody else in the world. And that's a good thing because we're individuals. That's what makes us interesting. That's what makes our life worth living is that our life is different than everybody else's. But recognize that that is normal and that when you feel like you deviate from everybody else's, that's normal and it's not a problem. You are not broken. You are not defective. All right, number two is notice where the comparison is showing up for you. So I gave some examples about places this can show up, but there are probably other things in your life where it's showing up. Maybe it's work, maybe it's parenting, maybe it's relationships. There's so many different places this can show up. I want you to just be curious and recognize where it's showing up. Notice it and just notice it to your brain. Tell yourself, oh, interesting, look, there's a bit of comparison showing up. That's interesting that thought pattern's showing up there too. Okay, just notice with curiosity. And then once you've noticed the places where it's showing up, where your brain really wants to compare you to something else, where it wants to tell you you're not measuring up, then I want you to build an intentional set of beliefs about yourself in those areas. Now, exactly what those beliefs are are going to vary from person to person. You have to figure out the beliefs that actually fire you up, make you feel empowered, make you feel strong, make you feel happy and positive about what you're working on and the journey that you are taking. I'm going to list some, but know that these aren't a complete list. Thoughts are a really personal thing, and particularly when it's beliefs about yourself, you really want to play with them and find the ones that truly resonate for you. The ones where you're like, yes, that feels good. That feels truthful. I can apply that to these various situations and it'll feel better. It'll help shift my brain. So the ones I have would be, I am growing. So anytime your brain wants to compare you or tell you that you're not doing things fast enough or the same as somebody else, trying on the thought of, I am growing. A similar thought would be, I am learning. I am learning. 
And a thought that I've found very helpful for myself, it doesn't resonate for everybody, but it's really helped me over the years, is I am figuring this out. And then another thought that I think could be helpful is just, this is my journey. So every time your brain wants to look outside of you and look at somebody else's journey, you just redirect it back and be like, this is my journey. This is my path. Anyways, try those on and see how they feel. If you come up with some really good ones, I'd love it if you email them to me. I like kind of collecting these really powerful thoughts. That would be info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca is where you can send an email. So to summarize the ways that you manage this, if you are working on getting rid of these feelings of being broken or defective in some ways, the way that you manage it is number one, recognize that you are not broken, that inherently you are human and you are exactly the way you should be right now in this moment. Number two is notice where the comparison is showing up for you and notice it with curiosity. Just label it. Number three is intentionally build a set of beliefs about yourselves in these different areas where the comparison is showing up and then practice it over and over and over again. And again, you do this with compassion. You just redirect your brain, redirect your brain, redirect your brain, redirect your brain. It may feel that you do it 2 million times. That's totally fine. You've probably thought the negative thoughts far more than 2 million times. Just takes practice. All right. So remember to download your free Powerful Weight Loss Beliefs worksheet, or sorry, cheat sheet. It is a really good complement to everything that we've talked about. If you're working on building some intentional beliefs about yourself, this worksheet might help. The website that you go to is weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash weight-loss-beliefs. I'll put the link in the show notes on the podcast as well. All right. Have a fantastic week, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.